featuring Dallas Penn. Listen as you tuned into the Combat Jack Show, the Combat Jack Show dot com. Yo, what the fuck is up? Shit. Yo, Dallas Penn, what's going on, sir? Man, what the fuck, man? Ah, oh, man, Combat, what's going on, man? They, nah. they got they got to fix my microphone, man. I think them uh, Rap Genius kids is conspiring to fuck my. Yo, man, what the fuck happened to you last episode, man? Oh, man, listen, we had I, a show with the Rap Genius kids. You let me know in advance I that let you, you had know in Rap advance. Genius booked, and you didn't even for show the, the studio, fuck up, man. You left me, and then I sent you. Drive, I dude. sent you a text. I you, sent you a text. You just sent me no text. I sent you a text Yo, stop that I was that. not nah. coming. How'd you, you send him a text? You sent me a text when I got here, my dude, and I hit you and was like, yo, where are you? I sent him a text from my laptop. Come on, man. That was said, F your, F your show. Yo, yeah. Dallas, that was flagrant, dude. That was not flagrant, that was, Yo, was that flagrant, dude? I mean, we missed him. Yeah, we missed you, but, but like we didn't know you, was, you wasn't going to come, man. I'm sorry. I had I had zero fucks left in my in my. <laughs> yo, what's up with these no-shows, my dude? I had no fucks to give for Rap Genius. I'm sorry. Sorry, we we already discussed privilege does what privilege does. Right, those kids have the world in the palm of their hands, yeah. man. To be to be young, white, wealthy. I mean, they have the trifecta of privilege. Okay, they can buy all the traffic they want for their website. <laughs> they can kill people. They can have people killed, and they can pay for that. Now it was it was an interesting episode, though, man, because I think our uh, regular listeners were tired of them. But a lot of cats in the tech world was fucking with that episode, man. Yeah, but yeah. even even our regular listeners fucked with it. I think it was uh, it was one that snuck up on us as being a good episode. Yeah, that, that was that was just that surprise. Well, why were cats in the tech world fucking like because, like? because I guess cats had never heard these rap genius genius dudes being spoken to exactly. like that. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like 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 we were checking them. We didn't let them run flagrant with their douchebaggery. Yeah, I had no time for <laughs> rap penis. All right. Anyway, it's good to see you, Dallas Penn. What's up, Premier? Good to oh, what's be going on, comment? Yo, first and foremost, man, I want to uh, dedicate this episode to uh, A King. A King is not dead, but he is definitely hospitalized. He's been hospitalized since Sunday. You tried to kill him, though. I didn't try to kill him. Stop, man. You tried to kill A How King. How the fuck did I try to kill him, my dude? By making him lose mad weight. I didn't make. I didn't try. I didn't never told that. But man you. To lose but you put this. You put that bet on the table, yo. You, you get lose it. weight. You lost weight. You get a rag. I mean, you lost mad weight. I sold mad. You not in the hospital. You not in the hospital. Listen again, again. You put that bet on the table. You you put a crispy rack for whoever could drop the most weight. And, <laughs> and he started AK drinking piss water. Right. He was drinking that. that urine mixture. <laughs> Yo, stop. <laughs> that urine and he got and he got fucking sick and nah, nah, a nah. can get well brother yeah, a listen, man get well man for real man don't when let you combat come out, press you like that again when you come man. out man we gotta get that lifestyle change man for real this shit ain't no joke B alright seriously king I'm gonna show you how to do it fam I mean we can still eat fucking fucky shit we just not gonna eat as much fucky fuck shit chill <laughs> man a king don't follow this man B listen I wanna make an announcement man to all our listeners man that uh, a couple of months ago was filling out that survey man y'all can stop filling out the survey because y'all did such a great job with that survey. And I'd like to announce that survey, the response to the survey has been so effective that uh, very shortly now we are really going to be picked up by advertisers. And Dallas, this is going to become like a full-time job for you, man. Will you be showing up when fuckies come on the show? Um, There's going to be a check involved. It, oh, yeah, I'll show up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So when, when I mean, get, if, if it's a job, 
Yeah, then I'll show. It's gonna be a job. It's okay, because it's, it's a, a hobby show. right now. So let's give each other a round of applause, man. Because we, we, so we got the advertiser for the Combat thank Jack you. show. Thank you, thank you. But but really, don't don't applaud until the check is cut. Until the check is and, cleared. And especially, you know, if they're going to Combat's name. <laughs> no, they're not. Don't, no. Right, right, right. Don't right, applaud right. yet. Because not <laughs> yo, have I? What the fuck, man? I'm sorry. Have I'm I not. ever let you down with the money, man? No, but I'm just thinking about this barbecue. Yo, listen. And on that on that note, I definitely want to shout out with you. one of our potential future advertisers, Legal Zoom, man. Legal Zoom. Um, I've messed with Legal Zoom in terms of setting up the incorporation for the Loudspeakers Network. You know he um, is a lawyer, right, Internet? Yes, I want to shout out Legal Zoom. Um, I've definitely used their services, and as an attorney, I could tell you that you know if you came to an attorney or hired an attorney to to to, to either incorporate your papers or get your tax ID number or whatever, they charge you an arm and a leg. But Legal Zoom, man, from the from the comfort of my home. Punch some computer numbers, man. Com- computer, uh, I guess some keypad numbers, and I got my my company incorporated. I got my tax ID. I set up my bank account, mm. and now we're about to get some straight? advertising. So I really like Legal mm. Zoom, man. Shout out to Legal Zoom, man, for for messing with the Combat Jack show. Cheers. Get your lawyering done while you're in your underwear. There you go. <laughs> now listen, um, there's a. I want to try this new thing out, man. Like I, last last episode when you were hey, gone, yo. I I put out that I wanted to start answering some questions mm-hmm. from our listeners. So. We got a series of questions from this one particular cat, and these questions go to all of us. Okay. Now, this question is from Matthew Javier. And okay. Matthew Javier says, big up from the West Coast. I know what I'm talking about on the comments. I enjoy the show a lot. Combat is so necessary. The first Ebro episode was the first episode I listened to. So here's my question, but the motherfucker got like four questions. Okay. All right. Do you plan on having OG West Coast rappers on the show? Yo, Matthew we definitely plan on having OG West Coast rappers on the show. We've been trying to get uh, OG rapper Ice Cube on the show. I wasn't going to come back to the show until you had Ice Cube. Yeah, well, well we're working on Ice Cube. We're working on Snoop okay. Dogg. We're working on, on on DJ Quick. We're working on OG West Coast rappers. We have no... I mean, we've had some new rap, you know, West we, Coast rappers on the show. We should get Ice-T on. I mean, isn't he in New York? Isn't he in the I area? So. I think Taping so. that Law and Order so. shit? Yeah, but definitely we're open, man. It's not just a East Coast-centric show, Matthew. Um, second question to Combat Jack: Do you listen to house music nowadays besides the classics? And what artists do you fuck with? I definitely do listen to house music. Uh, Matthew, house music will always be a part of me. Uh, unfortunately, though, I'm, I I never knew. Even when I was listening to house music back in the garage days, I didn't know who the artists were. Mm. So, like, the only time I get to listen to to house right now, uh, primarily, is when I'm doing spin and spin class with my wife and her spin class. But I definitely don't know the artist, but I'm still fucking with house music. You, know? you, you didn't know you didn't know Ten City. I knew Ten City oh, and God. Colonel Abrams and Marshall Jefferson and yeah. and, 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 and and you know Funkmaster Farley and uh, is it Funkmaster Farley? Anyway, so anyway, yeah, I fuck with house music. Second question is to Premium Pete. Yo, Pete, did you see Wolf of Wall Street? Was it factual? What was your wildest story from the time you used to work in Wall Street? Um, it was definitely factual. I I know a couple of kids that uh, doing time that. Some came home and. Did you see the movie? Some, yeah, I seen it. it was Did great. you sniff coke out of a, a hooker's I, ass? I never. No. Okay. Well, I didn't sniff no coke out of a. I never sniffed coke. Okay. Um. Did you sniff anything out of a hooker's ass? No, nah, never. Okay. Did you smoke cocaine? Nah, I smoked a wooly blunt. <laughs> okay. Uh, people right. know on this show that right. the woo bangers were in full effect Keep back in 1, the day. Few eye suits were, were full of ash. Now, burns. what was the wildest story? Uh, wild story. What? Wall Street. Yeah, when you was working on Wall Street. Um. 
just some crooked shit, man. Uh, you know, I mean, just probably people. Actually, my wild story is probably uh, uh, Japanese cats that we used to have involved uh, in one of the firms I was working with. And uh, his son came in and they spent a hundred thousand in this trip club. And this is like a long time ago. And like, you know, and the guy didn't speak no English. Uh, got so drunk and fell on the floor and passed out. And next thing you know, they dragged him out. And uh, I still had the access to the hundred thousand, so I was just sitting in there with everybody, just spending the money. To me, that was one of the yeah, wild yeah, stories. yeah. Access to somebody else's yen. Why not? And it, and this next question is the Dallas Penn Dallas. What don't you like about the Combat Jack show? What things do you think could be changed? And do you think you would show up more if there were less guests on, and it was just you <laughs> and the crew, or if there were better guests? <laughs> All right. Well, I mean, that, that's a valid question. <laughs> That's a valid question. Is that same from the same dude? Matthew Javier. Matthew. Matthew. A lot of times, Matthew, I, I hate talking to That's to I hate talking to um to, to rappers that don't like really fucks with us. You know, that don't wanna, you know, talk the shit that we wanna talk. That gets kind of uh that gets kind of boring to me. And um no, I don't just wanna be with the crew. Like I want to talk to people. I want to. I want to learn people's experiences. But I want to. I want to have real conversations. Um, I. I would probably show up more if we just had more scat talk. Like if we talked about shit. Like literally. Stop. All right. Well, he asked a question. He asked a question. Okay. All right. But this is not that show for the talk scat talk, B. No, I'm just saying what what would make me what would make me hype to come through every week if I knew we was gonna. Come in here and just talk crazy. Not necessarily scat talk. Maybe we talk about other things that come out of a body. Blood. Mucus. Yeah, yo, man. Just answer the dude's question, man. Because <laughs> this is not that show, man. <clears throat> okay, well, Matthew, you heard the boss. This is not that show. And, w- and what don't you like about the show, man? Um, You. <laughs> 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 Fucking Pete. <laughs> yeah. And sometimes, Matthew, I, I don't like myself. Mm. Sometimes, Matthew, I don't. I look in the mirror and I say, you know what? I don't I don't even like you. And this is not even a joke. All right. But I power through that, though. I power through it. Yo, man, we just went in some some other area. We got to get a therapist. Get a fucking right? Kleenex back in this motherfucker. No, nah, no Kleenex. No <laughs> Kleenex. I mean, I'm not in the crying. Mirror, you know you're so getting basically, in shape. You got your own issues that you're working through. Yes. Okay. Yo, is my is my microphone breaking up or is it just my headphones? It's your headphones. Okay, cool. All right, Matthew, man, Matthew Javier, man, thank you for your questions. Yo, internet, like I said, man, every week we'll be answering questions. Send it to combatjack at gmail.com and address it to either myself, Dallas Penn, or Premium Peter, all three of us, man. And, you know, we want to keep this going. Listen, I got something. Or Just Blaze. I'll answer for Just Blaze. You'll answer for Just Blaze? Yes. What would you answer for Just Blaze? Just Blaze, what did you buy last with your big check? I bought a parachute so I could jump the fuck off the Combat Jack show. <laughs> <laughs> Are you crazy? Listen, man, I got a special. I don't even want to say she's a guest on the show. You know, I put it out there a couple of weeks ago, man. And, you know, I've been talking about this for the past several years that I really felt that we needed a different perspective on the Combat Jack show. You know, I'm tired of sitting around, you know, these 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 sausage fest dudes day in and day out for three years. And I definitely wanted a, a woman's perspective on the show, man. So tonight we have the legendary Jean Grey. Sitting Hi. on the combat Breezy. show. Hey. What's up, Jean Grey? I'm good. Um, a couple of things to yes. tell you. Um, number one, I'm Matthew. Okay. Thanks for answering my question. Matthew you Javier, guys. you are Matthew. I am Matthew oh, Javier. Shit, yeah. Yo. So, you know, it's just a little, I have a lot of free time. Um, 
two, yes. I think you may want to look into changing this to scat talk. Great, great you idea. Don't encourage great that idea. dude. I'm totally doing that. And no, don't do that. And lastly, yeah. nothing wrong with sausage fests. No, fucking love them. <laughs> Good idea. This is the job for me. So, so yeah. Jay, you've been on the Combat Jack show before, and, and it, it's no surprise that I, you know, I've told you this publicly. That I definitely am a fan of yours. Thank you. I definitely respect your work. I like what you're doing right now online. Thank you. Got a, you. you got a digital sitcom on. on, on. I have. Um, that sounds really cool. Like it's kind of like the Matrix, but it's not at all. Um, people call them webisodes, but I don't like to call it a webisode because it's a fucking sitcom. Right. It's a situational comedy. It's a half an hour long. Um, wrote it, direct it. Um, I'm in it, and it's called Life with Jeannie. Where and you're uh, acting your ass off in it. Thank you very much. And, I, and I'm really thank appreciating you. your acting chops. Thank you. That's now, that's it's pretty cool. I'm now, what a good inspired time. you? I've been wanting to do a sitcom since I was like four, um, mainly because I really wanted my own theme music. <laughs> so uh, that's been great for me. So it 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 it, it kind of got to a point where I was like, if you're not going to do this now, just just fucking stop it. Just go ahead and do it. Um, which has kind of been going on for the past two years. Just everything that I've been like, I, why am I waiting? Why am I waiting to do this? Um, so that I put out a book. I put out like five albums in the past two months. Mm, five um, albums. Yeah, I have a new uh, talk show that's going on at uh, Union Hall. You um, changed I'm doing the, a lot. Not, you not, you not changed a, the paradigm for a hardworking color person. You used to pretty be much no. Everyone no. Everyone should jobs. feel fucking lazy. Okay. No, I'm no. I'm I'm so, here to so show it's, everybody. It's up. the South African that yeah. has the most jobs. Now the name yeah. of your sitcom is Life with Genie. It's right? called Life with Genie. Now one one of the things that I do appreciate from the couple of episodes that I watch is like there's this awkwardness mm-hmm. that kind of oozes off the screen. Is is that is that um, you in person? What, like, what it, do you find yourself in these awkward positions? You know, I think. Um, Awkward yeah. has kind of been a term that people use, and like, or like weird or right. quirky. And I'm like, eh, it's not really any of that because I don't really feel awkward in any space. I'm fine. You can put me anywhere, and I'll be fine. Um, I, I, you know, do I create awkward situations for other people? Mm. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Yes, I like to make people feel uneasy. Now, what's up with that? I just fucking like it. I'm, yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm creepy. You know, I'm gonna tell you, <laughs> we on the Combat Jack show are a bundle of dysfunctions. Uh huh. And when I thought, no, of you, I couldn't. I couldn't tell. When I thought of you, I was like, I get some dysfunction from Gene. What's Ray. What's interesting is, um, uh, people who don't really know me that well say, and um, people who know me, I am really one of the most normal, traditional people you'll ever meet which is weird I just which do, is weird which, which becomes weird to right. people and they're like I don't understand what's happening why right. is this so normal you have all these tattoos um, but yeah I'm, I'm not that way at all okay. and I, I just really like to work and do a lot of shit okay well hopefully your yeah. normal shit yeah, but I no, I can be I can be creepy shit. yeah no I'm here what for you guys what kind of creepy shit do you do B? we'll get into that okay. we'll get into that later alright yeah alright it's not going to be scat talk, though. All right. No scat talk. It could. It could. No, I don't no, know. not no scat talk. No. That's all. That's all And I think right now we might hey, be creeping There, there are other things that come out of the body. No, no there is. Easy, it, it could be. Yo, it could yo, be I called knew, urine I guess town. I looking at y'all like, yo, am I really on this shit? It could be called urine <laughs> town. <laughs> so anyway, Gene, welcome yes. to the combat job. I'm really it's happy to, to be you. here. Thanks. Yay. Good Yay me. Good to be seen. Yay. Now listen, Internet, this this our official guest tonight. I mean, what the fuck doesn't he do? I'm surprised that he's not Jamaican because he's had right. so many fucking jobs. But wait a minute, he's, over the past he's Puerto tw- Rican, which is... Puerto Rican, but it's not Jamaican. <laughs> I mean, he's it's had different. so many fucking jobs. Be like, 
still. I, I mean, being in touch with the universe. 27 jobs I, on his yeah. resume. Being, mm-hmm. You know, internets I bring to the Combat Jack show. The legendary Bobito Garcia. Bobito, what's up, man? Chillin', chillin', chillin'. Happy to be here. Thanks for the invite. Yo, man, thanks for coming, man. I know yeah. we've been going back and forth. It's been a year, actually. It's since been a last, minute. last January yeah. since we've been going And actually, and- I would have come up a long time ago. Yes. And that was on you. I know it was on me, but you know what? Last year we had like when you reached out, because I know initially I reached out and you were going overseas. But then when you reached out, we had like a string of booked guests. So it was kind of hard to squeeze it in. Yeah. But you know, Um, later is better than never, right? Yeah. Okay. Right. Pause, deputy. You, you, well, I mean, uh, Bob I mean, that was egregious. Even if cool Bob Love is not playing the Bob ball unsubscribe game. Unsubscribe. Wait, pause. what did I say? Even what, what's, what's pause word? Squeeze it in. Uh, did I say squeeze it in? I'm just, oh, oh I'll say pause myself. Oh, you pause. did. Yeah. I'm glad oh, that he did. said egregious. That was. I'm happy to be here now. Now, Bobito, <laughs> we were off air, and you say you you no longer play the pause game. Yeah, I, I retired. From Paused you retired out. it. Paused out. I retired. Paused out. That's all right. Out. I still, I, I still find it amusing though. Why, why'd you pause out, man? You made the game so popular, man. You were one of the proponents of the pause game. Yeah. Um. And a lot of kids don't even know that. But uh, you don't want to be not particularly. With that? I mean, it's it's uh. I, you know, it's just a, a decision on my part, being in my forties, and you know, not it's. It's uh, it's a game that's pretty uh, witty when when you pull out word phrases and and uh, and identify them as as being like you know uh, comical, but on the same token, it's you know there was one time when I was on radio from from nineteen ninety to two thousand and two, yes. and uh, with Lord Sid towards the last couple of years after Stretch and I parted ways, and there was one caller one time that he was like, "Yo, y'all do this AO game and everything." I'm gay and I'm offended by the jokes that you guys have. And he was like, nobody up there is gay. He was like, you guys make fun of Bob's hairline. Bob has a bad hairline. You guys make fun of Lord Sid being fat. Lord Sid is fat. But he was like, if he was like, if one of you were gay, I would, it would be more okay with me. And he, he was like, yo, I basically feel alienated. Mm. And so, I was like, when I thought about that, I was like, you know what? He's absolutely right. Mm. And uh, it was just a decision on my part after hearing that revealed, like, you know what? I don't want to, you know, alienate anybody. alienate anybody from my humor, you know, especially being a public figure. Mm-hmm. And that was just the responsibility that I decided to make, you know, if other people don't, that's up to, to them. I don't look at nobody funny styles, but, you know, in my in my age right now, like, that's not a... Yeah, it's not That's a so thing I want to. I'll sorry, V. I'll sorry. In, in Bob, <laughs> in, Bob in your defense, yeah. now I, I've had a family members uh-huh. that are gay, and yeah. what I tell people all the time is that people of color, brown, black, yeah, uh, yellow, we're not as homophobic as other communities that maybe have wealth because there's something to lose with the stigma of being gay. Like at my at my Thanksgiving uh, uh, dinners, my family Thanksgiving dinner, Christmas dinner, everybody came there. Mm-hmm. All right, my klepto aunt was there. You know, my everybody with whatever, whoever they were, whatever their condition was, whether they had an infirmity, whether they had a mental condition, whether they were just whoever they were, and and that's how our communities are. Yeah, like we all play tag together, but there would be like you know there would be gay Chris, and everyone would call him gay Chris. He was gay when we were young. All right, and then there was Bubble Eye James. All right, because there was another James. 
fucking hate James. <laughs> so James with the thyroid problem with the big eyes became Bubble Eye James. <laughs> but our community, we still played Freeze Tag. We still played Manhunt. Ayo. Um. Um, <laughs> so I would say to anyone that listens to the Combat Jack show who may be gay or who may have uh, multiple sclerosis, may have some kind of infirmity that maybe we don't know about, undetectable herpes, you're welcome to listen to the show. And please don't be offended if we ever crack jokes. They're not directed at you personally or your infirmity or your condition or your mental state. All right, we're just here. Or your preference, fun. or your sexual preference. Or anything. Didn't we or have your religion? Um, That's right. We had a guest on one time. What was his name? Uh, Terrence. Terrence, uh, Terrence Dean. Terrence Dean. Yes. Um, and uh, I think we tried, we tried I to think get him. We to play paused the him a game. couple of times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, he, he definitely. Uh, uh, Made a statement of what he follows in life, but but he found it funny, you know. Yeah, he didn't, yeah. But he didn't play the game that much. Uh-huh. Yeah. Anyway, listen, Bobito, man, like, Bobito, what, 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 what are you doing right now, man? You 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 been um, doing so much. Man. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's a lot. It's been a banner couple of months actually, and you know I feel blessed to you know, and you heard me say this before, like to be forty seven years old mm-hmm. and still you know, have people care about what I'm doing and, and, uh, and receiving with, you know, with pure warmth and writing, writing checks, <laughs> writing <laughs> checks, right? Those, I mean, you know, those, when they come that, yes. you know, are great as well when you're doing stuff that you love to do and, and you're getting paid for it and, and applause, you know, for having the combat Jack, being able to monetize Thank your you. time with the advertising. I, I definitely, uh, you know, I aspire to that because I got my own radio show. Yes, on eastvillageradio.com now. How's that, how's that treating you, man? It's been amazing. You know, I, I, I retired from radio in 2002, I did a show for 12 years on WKCR 89.9 FM, a landmark one, you yes. know, that, that got a lot of accolades and awards and, you know, introduced the world to some artists, including... Including myself. Yeah, Gene Gray. Bob and Gene, you were on the, on the stretch and Bob Beto? Bob, Bob B. broke my Come first on. record on, on air. Natural, yeah. Re- what, what, Natural Resource. Okay. Natural Resource, yeah, yeah That's baseball. The first, first person who It was a white label. It was a white label and similar to like, you know, Wu-Tang's white label for Protect Your Neck. I mean, we played a lot of records first, but we also... More so remembered for having a lot of artists up that were unsigned at the course, time who yeah. wind up changing the, the the rap game. In any event, I took 11 years off from radio, you know, and didn't really miss it. And then uh, when I was promoting and doing the park pickup basketball NYC, a film that I co-directed with Kevin Coolio, I went up to EastVillageRadio.com. I just love the, you know, it, this, you could see people walking up and down First Avenue. The speakers are dope. The, you know, I was playing my vinyl and and and. That's when it just dawned. I mean, I'm just a, I'm a rhythm dude, you know. So it was just like, yo, you know what? You need to get back on air. So I spoke to them. They open arms. That's crazy, you know. And they were like, yo, you can play '90s hip hop. I was like, nah, I already did a '90s hip hop show. Wouldn't really be challenging to regurgitate records that you know me and Stretch already, you know, yeah, you don't put on back, put man. on a radar. There's so no such thing as going back. Yeah. So I was like, yo, I play world jazz and soul, which is what I play and have always been playing as a DJ in clubs. If you read my Vibe magazine column back in the day, I've always played world jazz and soul, so it's not like I switched up. Um, and uh, I just find it more appealing uh, to and more challenging to play now because it's not what people expect from me. Right. You know, yeah. even when I spin overseas, you know, people be like, "Yo, you gonna play MF Doom?" I'm like, "MF Doom's records are amazing, but they're like 80 BPMs. There's no way that people are gonna dance to right, them right. in the club right now." Like, it's such a it's such a New York spot to do your show in too. Yeah. Like it seems like it absolutely just fits. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah. So I'm happy to be back on radio. I did Bobito Garcia radio t shirts to I like those shirts, you know man. to promote it, but also to you know, it's it's right now I'm doing it as a volunteer basis, which is the same thing 
I did, you know, on WKCR. People used to see me on the train back in the day and be like, yo, like, what you doing on the train? Like, like, on the train, yo. Like, <laughs> and they were like, but you on the radio. Like, on the radio to the train. And yeah, to the train I was to the like, radio. WKCR is, is freeform radio. Now, now Bobito, no man, I've known you. Yeah. From almost the beginning. Like, when you were. From interning, birth? In, 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 <laughs> no, no. Of his career, of your, of your career, like in yeah. terms of your, at least your music You came career. actually later. I started working at Def Jam in 1989. That's I think when you I started, started working. Nah, I, start, I think I you started, started in 90 at, and 91. Nah, nah, I started working in, at Def Jam September 89. It was the end, end of 89. Is that right? September 89. Really? Okay, cool, cool. But I was there for a short period of time. Yeah, pardon me. But well, you worked in the business affairs department. Yeah, with, with yeah. Andy Tavel. Right. And okay. I went to take the bar and came yeah. back, and he got fired. Burr. And yeah. I got fired. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but but Bobito, man. I, I, mean, I started at Def Jam in April of 90. Uh, April of 1989. Yeah, so, yeah, so, so basically I around the same time. Yeah, 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 so, yeah. But it's about, about the same time. Yeah, yeah. Those are some crazy days, man. They were. They were. Yeah, Bobby, the guy, he's about to go to Human Resources and find uh, the day you came in. The data, the directors and shit. He's like, sure, sure you did, man. Six months in, in the music industry is, is not comparable to real life people time, six months. Uh-huh. I mean, all kinds of crazy shit happens yeah. in six months. Especially back well, then. Back uh, crazy stuff. I mean, you know, I got stories for days of motherfuckers trying to kick down the door. Jam Master J showing up, 15 deep, you know, in the conference room when I'm trying to send out packages. Flavor Flav jumping on my desk, you know, with his clock, you know, <laughs> Yo, yeah, boy, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, and yeah. I'm on the phone, you know, with a radio station trying to promote records. It was not a a real conducive environment to <laughs> to it work. Wasn't, work. But but it, but that's but what made that's what made it so special. So yeah. special. Yeah. Now, what, Bobito, man, what's your first love, man? Is it music or is it basketball, man? Well, I, you know, I get asked that question a lot, and really, it's uh, was it sneakers? Was it sneakers? Yeah, it's uh, I think it's kind of like a it's it's a it's like a mesh of everything. It's, it's really it's just it's just New York, you know. Um, no lifestyle. I mean, you know, I was introduced to. To music and basketball really in the same year I was seven years old 1973 and not to say that I hadn't seen basketball I hadn't heard music before that but in 73 it was that's when it kind of like gelled you know and, and uh, my father had all these albums you've grown up uptown I lived uptown yeah and uh, my father had all these albums and the first album that I actually on my own accord not my parents were playing it but I pulled out to play was Stevie Wonder in the Vision. Mm-hmm. That's literally like the first album that I made my own decision and that's also the year that my father took a ball and said, yo, let's go to the back, let's play some ball. And so, you know, I didn't immediately fall in love with basketball and music because my brain was just unsophisticated at that point, you know. Right. I caught fever for both as I got older and, you know, I've been fortunate in that not many people can have the career that I've had with my hands in both mm. and and have the credibility mm-hmm. and the appreciation in both. Mm-hmm. in both. Right. In both. You know, when cats who are ball players try to get into the music, this is is frowned upon immediately, you know? Because it's not natural. Or, it's it's, it's kind of it's well not it's 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 just it's it's just not common that we see people that can Naturally really be it. naturally be involved in both right. at the same time because we we think in boxes quite often mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. where like I just have been blessed and you know similar to Jean Grey like I'm a hard worker yo I will outwork most people I know mm. and, and I think of a like of a Venn diagram so th- there's the balling community mm-hmm. there's the music community 
And there's an intersection of those. There's an intersection of all kinds of lifestyle communities. Sure, sure, sure. And you fit that intersection within all of them. So you're known to the larger community and to the smaller group that's that's within all of these. Yeah. And they're like, wait a minute, no, 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 Barbito, no, no, he's he's the shit. Yeah. So that way the larger community says, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because those people that are that are within them co-sign you. And and furthermore, I mean, just just the, the simple passion to really uh, I, I think you've always been, in my opinion, kind of a teacher of mm. culture. I, so I, I've assumed that I've assumed that responsibility ever since I was on radio back in 1990. It was clear that, uh, you know, becoming a public figure, a public figure was an opportunity and a responsibility to teach. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, even back then, uh, me and Stretch used to play Cold Crush, Fantastic Romantic tapes, complete 45 minute side of, of the cassette, which was unheard of for radio at that time. But it was like nobody else is going to play Fantastic Romantic on the radio. Were they going to get lost in the in the annals of hip hop history or, or do we keep them alive? And so, you know, I got a letter uh, the first couple of months, you know, from this kid in New Jersey from Perth Amboy. I know if I still have it. And he was like, yo, Bob, like, just so what you know, I listen to you every week. You know, I don't know any Puerto Ricans in my neighborhood that it, I can consider a role model. You know, you went to college, you don't drink, you don't smoke. And these were things that he was just picking up, like subtle things that I was mentioning on air. You know, I play ball. Yo, come see me play ball at Rodney Park in Brooklyn this weekend. You know, and then just boom. It just, again, it's just like one of those things which just you're in the rhythm and you just run with it. And so if I have a voice and I have a platform, then I'm going to try to funnel as much information, you know, as possible. And that's why I did the book. That's why I did the film. You know, I have all these pieces in my catalog of, of work, you know, in the last 25 years that I'm real proud about. Yeah. When did the sneaker you know? thing start, man? Well, the sneaker thing started really from our brother, you know, Cause uh, sneak sneak. I mean, to my knowledge, in terms of like the love for sneakers, how it's popular and commercial right now, that wasn't mm-hmm. necessarily big. In the, in the in the early to mid eighties per se. Well, it it was in a complete different way. Um, you know, it, it the way it's appreciated now. It, there's a lot of information out there. There's blogs. There's there's magazines. There's shows, webisodes. You know, um, but the culture of sneakers developed here in New York. It's unequivocal fact. People of color, really, you know, from the basketball community, and then influencing the hip-hop community and then the hip-hop community influencing the rest of the world. And uh, so it's revealing when people read my book um, and I, I kind of want to to give props to to our community. And the name of your book is Where, Where'd You Where'd, Get Those? Where'd You Get Those New York City Sneaker Culture 1960-1987. Um, I was a sociology major at Western University so like I, I took a sociological approach towards documenting this this movement this phenomenon this phenomenon it really is a uh, it's an urban phenomenon and uh it you know it flipped the the sneaker industry upside down you know in the mid 80s sales increased by 300 mm, percent. Mm, that mm. did not happen during the jogging boom of the 70s now, what, what was it that what was it that 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 what was what was the tipping point it was a lot of tipping points it was all these things converging at the same time you know basketball on the playground becoming more impactful on hip hop and hip hop becoming more impactful on the rest of the globe. And then, you know, the tipping point is Jordan. Mm. 
Right. You know, and that's why I end my book in 1987 because mm-hmm. at that point, mm-hmm. Jordan comes along, he rocks out with the commercial with Spike Lee, and then after that, basically, people know the story of sneaker history from that point on. Right, I see. The Dark Ages is pre-87. Right. Mm-hmm. So that's why I was talking dark to somebody ages. earlier today, you know, and I was telling them, like, you know, if you look at the, the most iconic shoes in hip-hop, the Converse Chuck Taylor, the Nike Air Force One, Adidas Shelto, those all got their first acceptance and reception on the ball courts. And then they transcended to, to you know, casual lifestyle wear. And the woman was like, word? Cats used to play ball in shell toes? Mm. I'm like, that's, that's, the, I was like, yo, like that was, that was a, sh- cause it was a leather shoe and everybody right. was wearing canvas back then. So that was like revolutionary at the time. And she was like, wow. So I was like, yo, you know what? Read my book. You're going to love it. Yeah. You know, you know it's yeah. crazy, man. I, I, we had Fat Five Freddy on the show. Oh, word. That's my man. Good peoples, ago. man. Good peoples. And he always, um, he says that hip hop exploded, like really exploded in the, mm-hmm. in, the, in the five boroughs the day after the 77 blackout. Because right after, right after the yeah. blackout, everybody had equipment. System. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everybody yeah. had microphones. Everybody had turntables. Really interesting. But I specifically remember, like the first Wait, day, you specifically, specifically. What is? Bob don't be, don't fuck with the pause game. Bob fucks with the pronunciation game. Oh man, that'd be fucked up. That's that Wesleyan. That's that Wesleyan right there. The day after the blackout. Uh-huh. Like on Nostrand Avenue, Sills, the sneaker yeah. store, the entire street being covered in flattened sneaker boxes because mm. like cats dipped in and, and got <laughs> sneakers that they. So I would almost say that, you know, from my observation, like as hip hop started to bloom, I think so did the would you say so did the sneaker culture in terms of like. Oh, absolutely. It's, uh, the hip hop has, has an immense impact on, on sneaker culture because, you know, as as fly as we were trying to be. In basketball, you know, dipping up with our, our, our tournament T-shirt, you know, okay, we got the purple T-shirts, let's get the purple ponies. You know, hip-hop gave it that extra, okay, well, let's make sure that the shoelaces are, o- are over the eyelets instead of under the eyelets, so let's make sure that, uh, you know, I, 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 I customize the, 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 the stripe to match, you know what I mean, like, Hip hop brought a whole different approach that was like idiosyncratic and also unprecedented, and so hip hop definitely took it to to scientific to, even yeah but scientific yeah, e- yeah. E- even somebody like you like you know with Air Force Ones uptowns you know bunch of things that we called them uh-huh. you know so, like playing with the colorways back in the day I remember you did that te- this Texas colorway oh yeah yeah you yeah you with. read my book yeah. all right. <laughs> I appreciate so, that. I mean, listen, I just... Unless you saw me back then. Yeah, I mean, listen, yeah. I did not see you uh, okay. uh, back then with the Texas ones on. But the point I'm trying to make is to, to have a love for Air Force, have a love for sneakers, be that, and seeing that all evolve, and then making your own sneaker with Nike. Yeah. Making the highs and the lows of the Barbados. I mean, what, what what is that feeling like for somebody that... I think I earned that. You mm-hmm. know, and a lot of yeah. a lot of times, uh, you know, my man Jerry Erasmi, uh at Nike once said that like I I basically I forced the hand you know it's like I, like I'm unavoidable in certain in certain arenas you know like me designing a shoe that was unavoidable that that had to happen it's at natural. some point yeah it's but you you made yourself someone that they could not go around 
Yeah, well, but that's because I wrote the book, and then I I hosted the first sneaker culture show in history on TV called "It's the Shoes" on ESPN, ESPN and I wrote the yeah. first yeah. first first article on sneaker culture and media history back in 1990 for the Source, the source. Confessions of a Sneaker Addict. So yeah. you know, but to answer your question, like the you know the opportunity to okay, I'm not just painting my sneakers now, like I'm helping design a pair of shoes, and they're being sold was crazy mm-hmm. you know that was crazy going to japan you know and china you know six years i mean me and kevin coolio we just did a tour for the film to promote it you know I'm, all countries and cats is coming with my sneakers like <laughs> you know and i just jumped on instagram i don't own a cell phone i just jumped on instagram my wife ch- showed me how to use the ipad for instagram I'm like word okay so let me do a search and I'm seeing photos like the kids like posting my sneakers like crazy like six years. So it's nice, you know. It's it's nice to see that people appreciated what my vision was for the Air Force One, and um, you know, and it it was it was cool. It was definitely cool. But Yo, keep, let me let me ask you, man. What, what's yeah. the dope fiend jelly roll? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I got the hiccups. But <laughs> <laughs> you made him do. Um, well, I, I would say uh, the best explanation is to read my book. Um, you can cop it. I just released the 10th anniversary edition. Congratulations. Uh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. Um, but uh, the Dauphine Gen- Jelly Roll was just, uh, you know, again, like just that something grew out of hip hop and really a, a, a need to be unique, you know. And I think, um, you know, people that like ask me, like, oh, how many, you wrote a book about sneakers. How many sneakers do you have? They they missed the point. Mm-hmm. They totally missed the point. It's like, you know, I really wanted to document how people use sneakers to be an extension of their identity. Of their individual uh, style. Of their expression, mm-hmm. their creativity. Mm-hmm. That's that's where it's, it's at. I never wrote a book to to promote consumerism or to Collecti- promote like... Collectors yeah. and I, I mean, I you know, I, I understand collecting and I do talk about collecting because it's a part of it, you know, but in the 60s, 70s and 80s, it really wasn't about how many sneakers do I have? And I mean, there was no social media, right? So you couldn't, you couldn't, people wouldn't know what you had in your crib unless you wore unless them. You put them on the stoop. Unless you wore them. It unless trying you wore to keep, them. So it was trying to keep them that clean. Was, that was a different, yeah, time. that's to, another part of the culture. To talk about the dope fiend jelly roll, but the, which I never knew the name of until I read the book. <laughs> I just knew that uh, when fat laces were popular, mm. yeah, the worst thing, the worst thing you could do anyway, and it, fat laces or thin laces, is tie your shoes so tight that the the eyelets from both sides of your touch each other. <laughs> Choking your choke. That's the worst thing you could do. But but you we would stuff between the tongue and, and, and the top of your foot. Yeah. You'd roll a sock, you'd put a wristband, yeah. you'd stuff that because with your fat laces, that would that would give them even more spread, more extension. Mm. And then remember now you're gonna have on your, your leaves tapered to zero. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so to have that nice stuffing on your on your clods, we didn't mention contour clods, on your uh, feet. But you're, you're, well, you're, I mean, to take it to a literal sense, I mean, if you think about dope fiends, you know, and where I grew up in the Upper West Side, which is was you know pre the changes that 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 community has made in the last twenty years. I mean, you know, I grew up around a lot of homeless people. Mm. Grew up a lot uh, around a lot of dope fiends, and you know, when they be at the park, you know, you would look at their feet and their feet. Be would swollen. be swollen, you know, dudes that, that haven't showered and haven't eaten or, or, you know, just shooting up or whatever. And um, and then if you look at a jelly roll, if you know what a jelly roll is, 
you know, a jelly roll is like the, the pastry with the, with the, mm-hmm. with the jelly, mm-hmm. the strawberry jelly in the middle and it wraps around. And so, you know, the Dauphine jelly roll, like, I don't know who came up with that name, but I remember hearing it in 1981 <laughs> being like, it's like, it, it just like hit me like, yo, I, that's that's, that's the, what it is. That's the perfect name <laughs> for this. You know? Like you can't. That was genius. Whoever came up with that name. What's you know? what's what's exciting? Um, pretty Hi, much Jean, about how all are your you? jobs. Hi, <laughs> um, It's 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 been inspirational to just watch everything happen, and 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 it's you you know seeing lanes that are completely open and things that should be done, whether it's hip hop or whether it's basketball or whether it's sneakers, and having a passion for them. Be like, clearly, this has to be done. And I'm going to be the person who does it. Yeah, I just that's you know I I do uh, public speaking uh, engagements all the time. I've spoken at Rikers Island high schools, community centers, high level universities. I always tell people that I'm not the most talented person, definitely not the smartest, but what I'm good at is recognizing what's missing and then filling that void, and then. The kindness and the good karma that I've put out in the community, corral. I'm, I know how to corral the right mm. people to to make like, for example, the film doing a park pickup battles one YC. Like, I never made a film. What right did I have to do a mm. documentary? But I was just like, yo, I love playing pickup. No one's done a documentary. Why? Like, that's the common denominator of the sport. Everybody plays pickup. So pushing them buttons, you know. Get. But then I started. Working on it, and then little by little, you know, oh, where are you working on film? Yo, my man does this. Yo, we can get you on here. And yo, and now it's on, premiered on PBS, mm. World Channel. Congratulations. Got it in man. theaters. Mm. Got a DVD on mm. iTunes. It was number two on iTunes nice. sports movie list. Mm. You know, the first month it was out. I mean, like, you know, it's stuff that, like, I couldn't, was better I couldn't than have that. fathomed. It's like, the key. <laughs> Kids, see the void. Yeah. Fill the well, the, now that sounds weird. I mean, it's the same no, thing. Like if you, if you, you know, when I was with Stretch, you know, I used to uh, appreciate people who would rhyme that would fill voids because I had like my own right. meter. You know, me and Percy P, we used to always joke, joke around because Percy P was the rhyme inspector, right. and I never had that title, but I was an inspector too. Like, you know, if four MCs had already put bigger and trigger together, like why would you try to, you know? So it's yeah, always we had the nigga yeah. right here. Yeah. <laughs> but I always appreciated, you know, ly- lyricists who, you know, just try to do, try to some, do something new. I had, had a conversation. Do, do your research yeah. and, and, and do something new. I yeah. had a conversation with someone who said the other day, I wish we could tell rappers that we aren't accepting applications anymore. Like until like 2016, because we don't need any new ones right now. We've yeah. got unless you're doing something that's totally different. And there's a lane that, that hasn't been taken. Please just right. shut up. <laughs> Please just don't. Why? Why? We don't need any more well, of you. Well, I, I, you know, I, I, I agree. And the other token, like, you know, having been a big part of, of, of hip hop in the 90s and, and not being a part of it at all, really, in the last uh, 12 years, you know, I think the beauty is that it provided a platform for people, for people to express themselves. Mm-hmm. I used to tell people all the time in, in the 90s, like, yo, like, you know, the art form is revolutionary even when the lyrics are completely negative because people of color are having a voice. Mm. And as we hone that voice, hopefully we'll be able to cultivate it into something intelligent and, and, and uplifting, you know, but even if it's the worst, you know, dumb ass, you know, content, it's still like, if you think 50 years ago, the amount of people of color could not have had that voice in public forum Mm -hmm. 60 years ago, 70 years ago, 100 years ago, no, definitely, definitely, definitely mm-hmm. not. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Definitely not. So, you know, on the same token, like, shut up. But on the same token, like, it's cool. You could speak. I, I agree in yeah. having the creative voice. I think just give them the option to have the creative voice in a different way. Mm, like, yeah. you don't necessarily have to right. rap. Right. You don't. You Find don't. your creative voice. Because, because, Absolutely. Bob's making a good point now. And Gene, you're making a, a, an even better point because people are having a voice. But let's make sure. Let's, let's they don't know what the hell put, to say. Well, let's push the voice to be creative again. <laughs> and, and especially because, because we have I think technology. Right. People wouldn't have had a voice at all a mm. hundred years ago. Yeah. But just having a voice it does not mean that you isn't should be saying shit. Yeah. Right. Well, I, I, or yeah. find another way to express yourself. And especially because techno- we got so much technology. You can sure. do anything you want sure. to. Um, and, and that's great. So maybe rap doesn't have to be your thing. Maybe you could produce, man. You could engineer. You could still stay in rap. You could do a podcast. You could do a podcast. Do a podcast. Just talk. Hell yeah. You know, yeah. Talk crazy. And have reckless. a voice. Yeah. And have a voice. You could do web videos. You could tweet. You could tweet. <laughs> Matter Instagram. Of fact, Instagram. You could, you could be an Instagram master. <laughs> you could become yo, yo. a porno star. Easy, easy. Yo, you could. Yeah, you could. Bob, Bob <laughs> yeah. this is something that you did in, in the early 2000s. Um, What's that? You opened up spaces for people to come, commune, dance. The name of the spot on Metropolitan Avenue in Greenpoint. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. It was Mar- Martinez Gallery. Oh, man. That was, again, just a great opportunity to try something completely different. You know, I mean, if I've had a checklist of like, yo, I want to play poor basketball. I want to design a sneaker. I want to travel the world. I want to have a radio show. I want to make a film. I want to own my own venue. Mm-hmm. And that was part of that. But I was I was part of a group who opened the Martinez Gallery. And it was uh, an art space during the day and then a, a, a club at night, you know, and it was just ahead of his time, five years, you know, Greenpoint right Especially now. Especially in like, that spot, in Greenpoint. Well, no, you totally right now. But you got to understand something, Bob, we are the gentrifiers. We are yeah. the gentrifiers. People of color who have, uh, end up having wealthy white friends, and end up having white friends, <laughs> we are the gentrifiers. Okay, people of color who get educated, who <laughs> will travel anywhere, who feel comfortable in any surroundings, who can adapt to anything. We are the gentrifiers because people want to be around us. And then people come and find out where we're hanging out, where we're living, and say, shit, I want to I I be that. around these folks. Yeah, yeah. And then I yeah. can do that. All right, you gentrified the Upper West Side. <laughs> <laughs> Bob, you did that. Single-handedly. You yeah. did that. <laughs> yeah, Bob, I want to talk about something that, you, that I haven't... <laughs> Heard you talk about that much, but, yeah. but uh, yeah. I've been in this. Is my mic the level of my mic? It sounds is, great. Is uh, sounds right. Can yeah. I? Do you, do you mind yeah, if I turn yeah. up the headphones just a touch? Now there you go. One two, um, one two. Cheer, Mic tech. Okay. Cheer, yeah, 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 yeah. One yeah. thing I definitely gotta credit you with, man. Thank you for having me. Uh, this, this I didn't. You know, I'm still bugging out that like. I didn't realize it's just a straight talk show. Yeah. Like, I've never, you know, part of my ignorance. Wait, you thought I, we was going to make you break dance, brother? No, I just never. Make I, you rap. I'm not online like that. Dig it. You know, like, so a lot of stuff, like I the podcast. Into, I ran and, into Bobito like three years ago. At, I think it was at Prospect Park or something. And I was like, yeah, I'm doing this Combat Jack thing. You heard about Combat Jack? He was like, no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I and it's, it's sensational. I, I, my former intern was like, yo, Bob, you got to get on Combat Jack to promote doing it apart. The film, and I'm like, oh, where? Tell me about it. You know, he's like, yo, he's got a lot of followers. I'm like, where? All right, cool. And then when I found out Combat Jack was you, I was like, bugging out. That's crazy. Anyway, so thank you for putting me on. Anyway, I didn't mean to interrupt your, your question. Nah, but one thing, man, that, like, I definitely want to get into your mindset, man, when you had your label fondle them. Wow. And mm. you, um, you, you, you basically ushered in the age of, um, 
MF Doom, man. Because mm. I've been listening to Doom. Like, I listened to Doom yeah. when I, I left the industry in 2004. Okay. And I was so fed up and burnt out with the industry. I didn't want to hear the music. Mm-hmm. Was, you know, I got tired of this shit. You know what I'm saying? And the only thing that I resonated with at the time, or the only artist that I really, really gravitated to, was 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 MF Doom? Yeah. Thanks, man. A, a gra- no, 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 no. <laughs> hold, 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 hold. Nah, it's fucking but, cool. But also, gravitated right. is also a, uh, another A King word of the yeah, day. Yeah, I don't know what's going on with my with my with my lingo tonight, man. I, mean, I might be tired. It, might it's be the co- spirit of A King. It's right the spirit now. of A King in, in the room. A King word of the day. Gravitated. But like the, the whole yeah. Doom thing, man. I know that you've known um, Zev Love X from mm-hmm. from from early sure. on. But how did that whole thing? Like you were a part of that. Well. I, I, I put out his first record. Right. I put his, out his first five records. Um, and it's interesting, again, because there's, there's people that know me from Ball that don't know that I DJ. There's people that know me from my parties at APT or my party at Camaradas that don't know that I put out records. That don't you know, know that you was a professional ball player? Yeah, I mean, so there's, there's, there's all these different like facets that, that I'm real proud of, like I said, I'm right. real proud of. And then You are the ultimate Z- uh, Venn diagram. <laughs> <laughs> um, in uh, 1994... I started a label called Fonzalum, and I had left Def Jam in 90... Didn't you have another label? Opa? Yeah, Hoppo. Hoppo. Hoppo, Hoppo. So I'll give you the... the uh, What's up with these names? <laughs> I'll give you the calendar. Basically, Fondle. I worked Hold on, hold on, hold on. Pause. Pause. Yeah. I, <laughs> like, like, that's something, like, honestly, honestly, like, I was trying to really hear the like the, the label, and you said Fonzalum. Like, that's something that Sandusky with uh, mm. the LLC. Anyway, yeah. We digress. No, I'm not yeah. I mean what? So, uh, what... Let me explain Fondalum. So basically, I worked at Def Jam from 89 to 93. Learned a lot from Russell and the whole crew there. Decided to move on and start an independent label distributed by a major, which was Hoppo. And we were under uh, Columbia. What the fuck Columbia. does Hoppo mean? Man? Hoppo was just a, a, a crew name around the way. Like, yo, what's up, Hoppo? Instead of like, what's up, homeboy? What up, Hoppo? It was just like, you know, just a bug out. You know, How did you get distribution from Columbia? Name. Um, well, the, the my partner was Pete, Pete Nice, uh, who was in the group third base. Yeah. Who Pete Nice and Search actually gave me my entry into Def Jam. They put me on, and so you know I worked real hard to promote their records. How, how Got, did you meet them? I met Pete Nice and Search through Mark Pearson, who was their road manager years later, but was just a basketball buddy of mine from like 1982, 83. And Pete played ball, right? Pete played play ball, so right, exactly. So Pete played ball, so Pete and Mark became roommates, and they played. We all played ball together, and then Pete was rhyming, and I met Search at Nell's, and we were dancing, and Pete had the low cut Air Force Ones in green with the white swoosh. And he picked up a Jumans, and so it was like all of a sudden it was like, "Word, yo, we cool, we we crew." Right. So I busted my butt to work for uh to promote their base to make sure that they got on, on on board properly at Def Jam. That made me look great. I shined, you know, my, my, I, you know, started working. So up you the went ladder. from messenger to bringing them in to, to transition pro- into promote. I was a promoter within three months. Right. Cause that was quick, man. Super quick. That was I, real quick. I moved up the ladder super quick, but that's why I was saying earlier, I, I will outwork you mm, basically, right. you know? Mm. So, uh, in any event, I left Def Jam, started Hoppo. We put out Curious we put out Count Base D. Those were our two artists. Um, KMD, I was managing Hard to Obtain, Artifacts. 
I was helping consult a lot of groups like Organized Confusion. How'd you like management? Power Rule. I hated management. Yeah. I hated There's it. There's very few people that like <laughs> management. I hated doing it. That. I hated it. I hated it. <laughs> what, did, what did you hate the most? It's just, about? I hate, it's, it's I no, hate it. No, no, I, there's no, 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 no thanks, man. There's no redeeming. Thankless job. And, and, and if you're making, you know, a small percentage of someone who's not making any money, then you're really not making any money. So <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was broke that year. You know, it was, it was, it was, uh, you had a lot of work, but no money. It was humbling. Right. Yeah. It was really humbling. In any event, KMD was another group that, uh, we were managing, you know, the, the, how did you meet them? Was it was it? Through? I met I met Zev Levox and and and, and uh and Subrock and Onyx, who was the other member of, of the group, through the uh, third base because they were in the gas phase video, right. and that's when I first I, I'm in the gas phase video. I'm in it with He's you. Yeah. In the gas phase yeah, 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 that's right, that's right, that's right. Word. But he came that's, six months after. Yeah, he came six. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but he came up. But that up, confirms that you were there in '89. Yeah, if you were in the gas phase, is, yeah, yeah, you had to have been there. Yeah. So in any event, I met uh, KMD at that point. We all got cool. They really got along with Curious, you know, so they started hanging out in my block on 97th Street. And, um, you know, we hung out at events and, you know, it was just crew, you know. And and, and, and so, what kind of cat is a young Zev Love X? He, you know, at, at, he was the uh, answer a lot, you know, so they, they were uh, students, you know, they were they were spiritual, they were religious, they were, they were rhymers, but, you know, um, at the same token, he was a bug out, you know, and Doom had a, had an angle to him that really didn't f- reach full throttle, I think, until he he resurfaced as MF Doom. So right. in any event, Zev, Lavex, Subrock, they got dropped from Electra. From Electra. Black Bastards. Black Bastards, exactly. So uh, at that point, they shifted to to me and Pete and, and we were shopping them to Columbia you know, to try to come through the hopper. Was there a stigma on that group at the time because of the whole? I don't really, drop? I don't really know. Right. I, I can't tell you what the industry was was thinking. You know, right. we let's, we let's, thought we thought it was a valid album to to put out. Right. Let, and, to the, the internet, let me interrupt yeah. you for a second. To the internet, you know, KMD was a group that was signed to Electra, and, mm-hmm. and reportedly, they got dropped because they had uh, some. They had a sample figure a sample, being, sample, being hung being on the album yeah, cover, yeah. and that didn't gel well with the you know the the the, 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 the shareholders because it was in the wake of the whole Ice T cop killer thing. Yeah, it's you a know, very Google big deal. the internet. It's, a, very big it's, deal. A, it's, it's a really interesting story. And in any event, um, Doom went underground for a couple of years. In the meantime, I was on the radio. But but were you around when his when his brother unfortunately passed? Yeah, away? yeah, yeah. I was around. Yeah, right. definitely. I mean, I remember hearing that his. His, we didn't know what the cause of death was at first and you know rest in peace to Subrock you know nice kid you know I, I mean I, I mean that sincerely you right. know I would say the same thing about Big L like nice kid you know he was old, I was older than, than these people when I saw them coming up and they were just young bright minds you know um, in any event I started a label in 94 called Fondulum and the reason why was because I left Hoppo because I was dissatisfied with the idea of having an independent distributed by a label, by a major, because right. it, was, it wasn't really independent. Because mm-hmm. who we wanted to sign, we weren't able to. We wanted right. to put out our KMD, we weren't able to. We wanted to really promote and market Curious, who was in the same class with Big L, Fuji's, and Nas, right. you know, in 93 when his when his album came out. We weren't able to, so I felt really limited. And so Fondalum was, was, was a statement, huh? Was, was Curious on Rough House at the time? Nah, he was on Hapo. Okay, he Hapo. was on, okay. yeah, it was, but they all were under Columbia Umbrella. Right. So what Fondalum was, was a statement, Pete, mm-hmm. to the industry of like, yo, like, you know, like back in the day, you, used to, you know, 
used to grab help, your nuts. Grab your nuts. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, to be like, I oh. still grab my nuts. Yeah. So mm-hmm. that was like a defiant. Thanks, Pete. That's that was a know. defiant statement. He's got he's got itching though. He needs an appointment. <laughs> <laughs> that was a defiant statement to right. to the industry. And so when I started fondling them, I went completely opposite. You know, there was no artwork on the sleeve, no videos, no promotions, no marketing. It was straight like yo, like if you knew about it, then you knew what time it was, and you enjoyed the music. And so my first release was Cenobites. That was Cool Keith and Godfather Dawn. Nope. And I had all these dope demos from me and Stretch's radio show that weren't, would never be heard again because me and Stretch were, 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 we were bastards, yo. We would play a record once and never play it again and have people calling us up like, yo, what's that, no, record? Yeah, what's that record? Play it again, please. Like, nah, like, sorry. <laughs> no, it's not going to happen. Fondle them. Hang up on them. You know? Fondle them. Like, <laughs> I mean, we, you know, we, we, uh, we were we were like the we were reckless on the radio in the nineties, you know, and that's and people loved it, you know. People so, loved so, it. So so Doom comes so, back to you. So anyway, so Curious tells Doom, yo, Bob started an independent label, you should give him your demo, and he had Hey and Dead Bent, and it was a no brainer. Like, come on, like the the record was incredible. And at that point I put out uh Arsonist and Cage and I was like, yo, this is right in line with the music, the hip hop that I like. So I put it out. Was and, there the whole mask gimmick at the time, or did you hear about the mask gimmick? Or? Doom, Doom was. We had no no cover artwork, right. so it was just you know the the you know the art on the in the middle of the twelve inch, but you know so so that that whole persona developed over mm-hmm. time, and then um. But, you know, he was MF Doom and it was based on the comic book right. character. So Dr. Doom. Fantastic Dr. Exactly. So when, when by the time when leads up to Doomsday, which was like two years later, we had put out Russ and Rares, uh, some cuts off of the, the Black Bastards album because Doom hit me up. and was like, yo, I own the master. When I got dropped from from Electra, I was like, oh, word, let's put out a 12 inch. Then we did we did another 12 inch uh, uh, with Sub Rock and um and then it culminated with Doomsday, which was the album that right. was his first album as MF Doom, and it's been re-released over the years because you know my whole thing with Fathom again, my statement to the industry was that I didn't own any publishing or the masters for any of the artists that I put out. In fact, I gave them an unheard of fifty percent mm. of the net profits. That Dude, was unheard of. Crazy. Other labels were mad at me. Right. Yeah, like yo, why You're would you give an artist fifty percent? <laughs> You know what I mean, like when they were used to getting like oh my god ten ba- points, ten ba- royalty points, gentrify the Upper West Side, <laughs> and, and you kill the music industry, <laughs> <laughs> and you single handedly uh, you kill. The mu- it wasn't Napster. <laughs> was it was LimeWire. It, was it, it wasn't Sean Fennig. Well, it, it was well, fucking Bobito. Listen, I, I, there was nothing to recoup. You know, I was working right. out of my crib. You know, and, and that's things that I learned. No that artwork, no. I work, I work, right. So there was no, there was no upfront money to to recoup except for the cost to press so the it was vinyl. Just butters. It was just yeah. I mean, and you know, we sold Doom and I sold you know two thousand copies, three thousand copies, four thousand copies. Exactly. You know, I don't remember the exact numbers, right. but I'm saying you know, it, it was adding up, and and Doom was really happy with that. You know, Doom had an income out of nowhere. Right. And that laid the platform, and then so years later, when he was re-releasing Doomsday and making all and getting on the cover, of Spin and Rolling Stone, I was so happy, yo. You yeah. know what I mean? I was Did so happy. Did you foresee that though, man? Did you? No, right. I didn't foresee that because <laughs> that was so niche. That was so niche. But I mean, listen, I, I didn't foresee, you know, half them dudes that was Big like, L and right. Jay Z. I didn't foresee twenty years later that people would still be playing that freestyle, you know, from me and Shut Your Show. I didn't. You, we, those are all like. 
just really innocent moments, you know? And so... Uh, who did you think when you had your show, man? Who Nas. did you think? You knew Nas. Knew Nas. Everybody knew Nas was going to mm. blow. No, Every, no, no, not, no, when, not, not everyone. Show. Not because Nas came up to our show in February 1991. And his album dropped in 90... 94. 94, mm-hmm. right? So we had him three years before he mm. was signed. Was this around barbecue? Live at the barbecue, right. Right around Large there. Professor yeah. brought, brought him and okay. Akinelli. Right. And Lord Finesse was up there that night too. And... But the yeah. minute you heard Nas. The minute you I heard Nas, I was like, oh, this dude is incredible. Right. But I heard a lot of dudes that were incredible and a lot of women that were incredible in the 90s when we were doing our show that never who, who got signed. Who did you really think was going to pop and they never popped? I mean, there's too many to think of, you know? Like, people ask me that like, too. Like who though? Like, give me give me a name. I mean, Raggedy Man, you know, from New Jersey. That who? kid was nasty. Exactly. He came to our radio show like two or three <laughs> times. He was nasty. He, had, he was dripping with character. Dripping with, like, just... Like his voice was so distinct and his his cadence was crazy and he would tell these stories and, you know, Cage, I thought was Cage was incredible. This is a dude like coming out of nowhere. But, you know, and that's what the interesting thing is like, you know, some artists started, you know, Nas came through and blew up and then Jay-Z came through and he blew up and Wu-Tang came through and blew up and then at the same time Cage and Raggedy Man and, you know, and Juggernauts will come through. Supernatural and, on your show at the time? Supernatural. Supernatural. The first time anyone ever heard Superman on public Public, public is on our show. Right. Yeah, I mean, I can name like 30, 30, 40 artists that came through me and stretched the show that had never been heard mm. outside Mob. of like Mob Deep when they were political prophets. Political prophets. Yeah. yeah, you remember that. So, I mean, it was an interesting time. You know, it was a it was a fun time. It was a fun nah, time. See, I mean, just listening to the show back, it, it just sounded like not. It wasn't even like the skills. It wasn't the rap. It just yeah. was the fun that y'all was having. We had a lot of that fun. was coming we, we out had a lot of the radio in, speakers. Th- how did y'all keep from getting shut down? <laughs> well, we did get shut down. You know, we used to get we used to get suspended left and right. You know, and it was stretch because, because but, but, but y'all will come back. Yeah. Stretch would call me the principal because I was the dude up there regulating. Stretch had the incredible job to have put amazing four hours of music, mm. and I had the job to do everything else: produce, host. Invite guests, stretch invited guests too, but you know, greet the. So the, you were the administrator, and he was the creative in a sense. I mean, I was creative too, right? Because I was on a mic, you know, making up words and and you know. Y'all made a lot of language up back then. Lasai, Lasai. <laughs> I don't even remember half of the stuff we we would say. It was bug nuts. For, you, for, you, <laughs> you say bug yeah, nuts. Yeah. Uh, you know, there's a lot of stuff that was said back then. It was a good time. I'm happy to be back on radio. I encourage anyone listening to the Combat Jack show to. Check me out, eastvillageradio.com, evr.com. When? I'm on 24-7. You can, because, you know, in this day and age, they archive all my shows. So you can stream my show at any point, but you can listen to me live Mondays from 2 to 4, then they restream that uh, Tuesday from 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. That's East East Coast time. Yo, man, there's so many things we could talk to you about. And how, how are you on time? I know you got to go, right? I don't even know what time it is, right? Yeah, yeah. I don't own a watch. See, so that, yeah. Oh, there we yo, go. Stop giving Dallas Bob, it's 9 p.m. <laughs> Yo, Somewhere. I, I have I have, Somewhere. A, I have a question about um I would love to know if there's anyone who has the all of the, the archives. Yeah, yeah. Just yeah. everything. There's no one that I know of that has every single every single week of our show of me and Stretch from back in the day. Stretch has been working diligently for years to digitize a lot of our old shows. I used to tape our show like every two, three, four weeks. So I have I have all the I have most of the freestyles. I used to, because once a year we would play all the freestyles from the right. year, you know, as a continuous uh, one hour, two hour, three hour um, segment, which was unprecedented at that time. We put a premium on freestyling. 
Um, but uh, not yeah, even I've, just the freestyles, just just the the entire show. Yeah, no, I, I don't know anybody. I've never met anybody who's who literally has every single day. Because the reason why is because we came out of nowhere. Right. You know, we we started in October of 1990, and um, it, it took a maybe like three months before like all the real heads knew. And that was because all the security guards and the cab drivers and the incarcerated population of the tri-state area was like bigging us up and and spreading the word, Mm. you know? And then me with my postcards, I used to be on a two train and one train passing out postcards car by car. Yo, listen to to us on Thursday nights, you know? And, and I would be at Def Jam faxing, you know, on Thursday to all the uh, promoters and industry people like, yo, listen to me and stretch. You know, so it, we we did our we did our our, our footwork, right. you know, to begin with, and then after that, it just kind of took off. You know, I mean, in this day of, and I mean, ever since it started, man, you, you know, you can't be in hip hop without offending somebody. Did y'all ever offend somebody and then have to worry about cats trying to get at y'all or something like that? Oh, there's a lot of stories that I'd rather not talk about. Okay, but yeah, we we uh, I had death threats, mm. real death threats, right. not like I'm gonna go up there and kill you, but like. Like this dude is serious. This this dude is known for killing people, and he is threatening <laughs> an my life. Thinking killer. about you, he yes. has your name. Yes, <laughs> yeah. and for that, I don't, I don't miss, I don't miss that those days at all. Right. They, we got suspended a bunch of times because of people coming up to the show and violating the studio. You know, disrespecting the property. I'm sorry. I don't miss. It was one time. It was one time. That's some heartfelt shit right there, man. What um, what, what was some of those things over? I mean, I know you. You know, you said. uh, uh, You know, uh, you know, different things. You know, records and things said, and you know. It's it's like what uh, we do, man. We say some shit and some nah, people you know, get nah, upset. You know why? Yeah. Because uh, and then death you, threats you, you are know, men. You know and why? You walk around. Yeah, yeah, Bobito, the Combat Jack has had a death threat, not from Papoose, uh-huh. but from some of Papoose's handlers. Uh-huh. And not because he said anything wrong about Papoose. Just like, hey, Papoose, yeah. you know, you got the city's ear at your disposal. Give him something. Give him something great. Yeah. So I think. Papoose's handlers heard that and said, "Oh, he's dissing Papoose." Yeah. So we gotta, you know, go troll and and, and find out where he lives and and <laughs> so so Papoose handlers, yeah, you know, stop it already. Yeah. yeah. Now they stopped. Stop they, they, yeah. Well, well, no when, when, when that originally went down, combat uh, went to I don't even know where, like somewhere in Pennsylvania. Uh, hanging out with some white folks. Mm. Um, <laughs> we, I want like he went. He went to the CI. Yeah, yeah. crib. Yeah. I, I, I want to. Uh, I want to say that um, I really appreciate you guys having me on the air. No, thank you. And um, you know, and in, in, in part, in parting ways, uh, you know, I encourage everybody to check out what I'm up to. You know, tell, tell you working on so much shit, man. Uh, tell everybody. Yeah, what you're doing. I mean, it's, it's just it's the simplest thing. It's just to either Google Bobito Garcia. Mm. What about Instagram? Um, What's uh, the Instagram? It's man? at Cool Bob Love with a K, not a C. Mm-hmm. Twitter is at Cool Bob Love with a K, not a C. Um, and then Facebook is really long because I didn't know about social media when I got on. So it's Facebook. Dot com slash Bobby Garcia, aka Cool Bob Love. <laughs> Yo, Bobby Garcia, I, I got a comment. How professional was that? That is the first guest. Has been on the show and was like, "Yo, let me wrap this up." Yeah, I no. Mean, you ever noticed that? You like, know, because he's, 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 he's doing your Bob job is a for pro. you. Yeah, Bob, Bob, Bob is like, a pro. Go. Bob is a pro. <laughs> but Bob, you still, you still got the monthly residency at, at uh, you still at Camarado's uh, yeah, monthly residency. I'm, I'm at I'm at Camarado's the first Monday of every month. I'm okay. starting a new residency downtown in in uh, 
uh, the first, the, I'm sorry, the last Monday of every month at the 303 at Louie and Chan. Okay. That's Ooh. on, um, that's on 303 Broom between Forsyth and Eldridge in Chinatown. Uh, new spot that I'm really excited about rocking. I haven't uh, had a downtown residency since I did APT, mm-hmm. which lasted nine years. That was so high. that was high. yeah, that was yep. a, that was a fun party. So um, I'm doing a book signing tour. Uh, I'm going to uh, San Francisco and LA in March. I'm going to London, Paris, and Bristol uh, in April. I'll be doing book signings as well as screenings of me and Kevin Coolio's film doing in the park, as well as DJing and mm. in, in every one of those cities. So I got a lot on my plate. Definitely juggling. Um, I, I have my own basketball tournament. It's called uh, Full Court 21. Mm. You go to fullcourt21nyc.com. I started it last summer. I'll be doing it again this summer. Got my Bapito Garcia radio show t-shirts. Mm. Got the how, book. how much Wait, you selling got, them per? Got the book. How much you selling them per? Uh, I mean, it's it's, it's okay to say twenty four dollars. Yeah, I mean, yeah. 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 twenty four dollars. Or you can go if you go to EVR the EVR office, you can get them for twenty. And I sell them at my DJ gigs too. I always have a stash and, so and a record crate. Um, and I also got my book, Where'd You Get Those? New York City Sneaker Culture, 1960-1987, which people always ask me, where can I cop it? Yo, just go to any bookstore. And Amazon? if they don't carry it, like, demand it, demand it yo, demand for it. real, like, because it's available. It, it is, yeah. internet, it is Sneaker Fiends. It is an absolute Bible. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to tell you, man, two things. For the sneaker culture. Two things that, that, that connect us to you, man. Over the past three years, it's, it's, there have been so many comments about how we remind cats of the Stretch and Bobito oh, show. Oh, and not cool. that we do the same thing. Yeah, you know we definitely, yeah, do definitely doing different. But, but yeah. when I when I when when people say that, I mean, you know, Dallas and I and Pete have talked about. I've always said I've always said that that Bob and Stretch, um, uh, just part of the continuity of culture of of bringing culture to people. Being renegades, there's no how we're doing this. There, no there, form. there is a there is a continuity of culture, and it and it was before you guys. I mean, it, it will be after us here. Yeah. But these are the people that, that care about culture, that care about the people who who have pushed culture to mm. where it is. And, may, and and the reason why people like shit. See, people don't realize they like shit because you explained it to them. You presented it to them. Mm. And now people know. So now I, people I, I, know why the pause game is popular. So I want to thank you for that. And, and why the Upper West Side is gentrified. <laughs> and why the music industry collapsed. And, and, and then secondly, Bob, I, I, you know, I was really inspired by your book 10 years ago. Uh, and that's you. what inspired oh, yeah, yeah. me to land my book you deal. Your and book, so yeah, so yeah. When, I, when I wrote my book, not that I was trying to copy, but I was inspired mm-hmm. by, by, you know, where'd you get those, man? Yeah. So once again, man, I, got, I definitely got to thank you, man. Internet's uh, yeah. Yo, Garcia. applause, man. Yes. Yeah. Gene, yeah. Yeah. you thank sound you. fucking great. Thank yeah. you. I, I, Please keep her. Yeah. I, I, you sound great. Bob? She now, is a keeper. Now, yeah. it's funny because <laughs> when I spoke to your manager, I was like, mm-hmm. you know, I really want to audition. And he yeah. was like, this is not an audition. It's not an audition. It's not an audition. It's not an audition. But you sound great. Um, this is a thank homecoming. you. Um, Bob Bobito is hey, actually one of my favorite people in the entire world. He was one of my mom's favorite people in the world, and um, so this was an awesome first. Now, time understand, to be Bob with was you. responsible for taking you back to South Africa. Yeah, in two thousand, two thousand. Yes, possibly two thousand. You know yeah, no, you got to stay for this one. We're about to um, wrap up anyway, man. Yeah. <laughs> we want to do a little nah. picture, man. I know and, gotta, uh, yeah. That was such an amazing, amazing show. What, we what, had an adventure. What was yeah. that? It was definitely an adventure. Well, I, I, so basically, my Vibe magazine column was licensed to different countries. Right. I didn't know that. So in South Africa, they would read my Vibe column, and they also knew about me and Stretch. So one day, somebody hits me up, 
And it's like, yo, we want to book you to DJ. And I'm like, word, I've never been to the motherland. Let's make it happen, you know? And um, and so when once the promoter and I, like, you know, f- confirmed the date and everything, they're like, yo, can you bring what, what? You was what, what still I back was what, what? Yeah, yeah, they were like, what, can you bring what, what with you to perform? She's from South Africa. I'm like, word? Like, because she's already been on the show. You on your came show. to me and stretch right. the show. Like, you know, was we always already have been playing her record. Right. Already had her up and everything. I was like, yo, that's people's. No problem. I hit her up. I'm like, yo, you down? And she was like, what? Like, you hadn't been back since you had, you were. I hadn't been back and I had never, uh, never performed there. Like, I'd been back to visit family, but I'd never actually done a show. Right. So we, she brought Len, mm-hmm. Mr. Len from Mr. Company Len. Flow yep. as her DJ. Satima Bay Benjamin, her mom was on a plane with us, right? <laughs> and I got a funny story. I don't even know if you know the story on the I way back. I do know oh, the you story. Do know? Oh, okay. I do know the story. But we 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 arrived in, in, in Johannesburg, um, and that's one of the most unforgettable DJ gigs in my life. Absolutely. Because Absolutely. Metropolis Cafe, a thousand people, it was like 70% black South Africans and 30% white, white South Africans. Mm. On the very weekend of the celebration yeah. of the sixth anniversary of the formation of the African National Congress yeah. and the end of apartheid. Mm. So we there at like turn the motherfucker the, up. Turn it was, oh no, it was. It, I don't think it could have gotten more turned up. Turned up. Please and tell we, me we, someone. Died I got on. I got on stage and cried immediately. No, I, like, I we walked on, in. Uh, yeah, we were on stage. Cr- like, I wanted if someone cry. died from joy. <laughs> <laughs> Possibly. So the, the promoter tells me, "Yo, Bob, I've never in my life seen this diverse of a crowd." Mm. At a party in Johannesburg, mm-hmm. they're here for you and for and for what what? I'm like, yo, it was insane, crazy. I never forget to see that we walked in. Yeah, we walked yeah. in, and DJ Blaze was playing Dead Prez. I'm an African. Yeah. That was the song we walked into the in club Africa. on mm. in Africa. B fondled them, yo. What fondled them, mm. yo? It was a beautiful, beautiful. Yo, that's crazy. It was a beautiful, beautiful trip. Uh. Another unforgettable moment was uh, on our way to the to the gig. I mean, they would. I mean, they had me on national TV. Like they were. I was like treated like royalty. Yeah, be like for real. Well, I, I appreciate that, but I'm a humble dude, so I was. It was a little weird for me to be in Africa the first time on national TV. Right. Like, and when I say national TV, like the other guest of Fat Joe's show was Brandy. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? It was which Brandy was, and yeah, Bobito. Was popping. Like, yeah. okay, like yeah. So <laughs> anyway, so this these two kids ran up on a car. And I rolled down a window to say what's up to him, and they grabbed my arm and they were like, yo, welcome home. Come on, be like the love that we got yeah. there was crazy, yo. Crazy. Anyway, on the on the flight back, yo, it's a, not an easy flight. It's 15 hours, right. yo. 15 hours, and then you stop for gas. Yeah, when we, when we had to do that, like yeah. you could Madagascar, fly straight now, but yeah. like somewhere in the like Cape Verde, nah, something, yeah, something yeah, like yeah, that, yeah. and you stop. Madagascar's on a, the other side. It's nah, a was, really was a bad joke. Oh. <laughs> stop for gas at Madagascar. Madagascar. Yeah, anyway, I had fallen asleep. Yeah, it was a horrible joke. And I was having a nightmare on the plane. And I woke up like screaming like, ah, 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 ah. Y'all woke up like, like that? 15 Wait, people. No, it was like, it was like that. What'd you it was, do? It was Let like me hear that. <laughs> and Satima Bay Benjamin, yo, her mom was like, yo, you all right? And I was so embarrassed. Like, I woke up like mad. The, the stewardesses came over like, sir, are you okay? Like, I was, that was 
the she most embarrassing moment. Yeah. Does that shit happen a lot? Does that happen yeah. a lot to you, man? Nah, nah. Just that time. Yeah, just that time when my mom was there. Yeah. <laughs> just that one time in rap when Gene's mom was there. Bob, before we before we let you go, too, the the other thing I wanted to ask you is is now that you're traveling the world again, uh, with with your film doing in the park, um, folks here in in New York and even in America, we're so kind of like centric to the place we live, and we think that. Um, this movie that you made, which is about street ball in New York, in mm-hmm. New York City, where is where is street ball even more hard body yeah. than New York? Is it Chicago, Detroit? Yeah. Is uh, it in America? Is nah, it- I, uh, I'll, I'll answer that question. Um, first of all, our film um, transcends location. So even though we've we've screened at this point in six continents, mm. um, over seventy screenings, premieres. You know, we just came back from Norway. Uh, just last there's week. O- there's only seven continents, right? There's seven, yeah, there's seven. So no, we, no, he, yeah. They, so you haven't screened it for the penguins yet. Yeah, no, <laughs> yeah, exactly, right? Get there. So Bob. basically, all the inhabited, heavily inhabited, we we screened. And then, um, and people love the film no matter where we go with it. Uh, I would say, though, that, uh, you know, New York City is, is unequivocally the mecca for the sport because of the history and the folklore that we have here and the players that we've produced. And, and uh, but... The heart of basketball outdoors is probably in in the Philippines. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, it's just insane how they love basketball. Read two books. One is Big Game, Small World by Alex Wolf, And then the other one is called Pacific Rims by Rafe Barth- Barth- Bartholomew. And you'll be blown away by how the Philippines, uh, the people of the Philippines, you know, approach the game and, and love it and play barefooted and have, you know, they... You know, I don't even like the word streetball. In fact, I hate it. Mm-hmm. I think it's a really poor description of what happens outdoors. It's similar to like if you ask Crazy Legs and Kent Swift about how they feel about breakdancing. They'll be like, yo, we break or we b-boy. And so breakdancing is a term that was created by the media. Similar, similarly, streetball is a term created by the media and brands and the appropriation. I kind of, I kind of so that way. I always want our community to define ourselves, mm-hmm. right? So you know, no one in in the seventies or eighties or nineties said, oh, "I'm going to play street ball." You just say, "Yo, I'm going to play ball," or you know, playing play, playground basketball to make a distinction be, between hardwood and and outdoors. In any event, yo, we were in Manila. You want to talk about street ball? Yo, kids was playing in flip flops, barefooted. Mm. Betting on game three on three games with quarters in the middle of an intersection. Mm. Not, I'm saying on a quiet street in Queens. I'm talking about like, yo, there's cars coming from three different directions. No light. What's their traffic game in Manila? What you mean? They drive. They drive reckless out there. I don't really remember. (laughs) It it doesn't matter. But what I'm saying is, there's three. There's cars coming from three different ways, and they would wait until there were no cars coming. And they would Running. resume their game, and then when the car would come from, no matter what, they would stop. the The court was in the, on a tree in time the out. middle of so an intersection. Yo. They were screaming, <laughs> "Car!" Every time somebody time came, out. sanctioned time out. I used to play ball and like and say, "Car!" You know, a car would come by. Yeah, yeah, and then, yeah, 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 yeah. You do that playing football or you know whatever street game. But that's crazy. Anyway, yeah, I, fellas, I gotta go. Thanks no, so go, man. I, uh, Listen, I, I didn't mean to say fellas and and and, no, and no, exclude cool. Gene. Take that yeah. sausage fest. We, we spoke about that earlier. We're good. <laughs> Fennel, Fennel sauce. I gotta yeah. run. We're we, we gonna take right? a quick break. We haven't taken a break no, yet. No, no, yeah, no, no, no. What the fuck. We're not gonna take a quick break no, no and then break. have. We, we done. No, no, DJ Benamin. No, we done. All right, fucking DJ Benamin. No, no, chill, fuck you. Chill, oh, chill, DJ Benamin. Okay, listen, listen, listen. 
Um, Bobito, man, thanks for stopping through, man. All right? <laughs> Definitely. And, uh, no, nah, yeah, all right. Take care, bro. Yo, my man, dude. So, Gene. Yes. Um, this was a great hello? show. Hello, testing, testing, one, two. Can you hear me? Yeah. Enjoying yourself? Yeah, I am. How are you, how are you guys feeling? It's, it's a whole different energy with Gene here, isn't it? Gene is dope. Mm-hmm. Gene is dope. First of all, Gene is dope because uh, off the mic, Gene kind of broke down why I don't have a cell phone. Mm. I did. Like if if Gene, if you're gonna be here and kind of like you know dissect shit like that and kind of uh, open then me up, then you want me here and, more. And, and and no, I'm gonna ask that you have her mic turned off. Mm. Oh, and um, it won't I'll happen. Just, it no, won't happen. I'll, I'll yell loud enough to be picked up by another microphone. So. <laughs> You know, there's loopholes yeah, around well, gee, stuff. What what I do want you to uh, feel comfortable with, yeah, is if you have any suggestions, any ideas. You know, what I'm saying in the terms drinks, of what, drinks, drinks. There's no drinks here, <sighs> and that 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 that's upsetting. Because I enjoyed myself, I, but I, I push uh, for that. I push you, for that. I push against that. But oh, okay, well, can I bring drinks for myself? Yes. Yes. Oh, okay. all right. Well, and, 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 and I guess you, Dallas, you want to say an extra cup for you? No, no, no. I'll bring drinks for myself. Okay. Everybody just brings their own drinks. Uh, but but I, I like the fact that, that, I mean, listen, we've had drinks in the studio before. Mm-hmm. All right. And, and some of our other members would, you know, imbibe. All right. And um, then overindulge? No, no, not know? at all. Not at all. Not at all. I, I think that, you know, we're all adults here and, yeah. we, and we can trust ourselves to be responsible when with we're here phones working. and commitments. Yeah, I like you. I'm, I'm fucking with Gene Gray. With phones and I'm, commitments, I'm we can Gray. all trust ourselves to be responsible. I'm fucking with Gene Gray without blaming technology. Yo, Pete, what do you think about that, man? What, what do I think Gene about? Gray? Yeah, how you feeling, Pete? I'm I'm feeling great. You good? I'm feeling great. All right. Okay. So listen, Gene. Welcome yeah. to the show. Thank look, you. Look this is ha- exciting. Look, looking forward to having you know some great episodes. With Get you. ready for Gene Gray. Let's, let's continue uh, making history. Get ready history. for Gene Gray. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> Yo, listen, <laughs> internet. You with know what it is. Combat on the format. You know what it is, man. Listen, dream those dreams and then man up and live those dreams because the life without dreams is black and white, and the universe flows in technicolor and surround sound. Gene Gray, bitches, what? Greasy. What? Out. Numenati.